Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, come in, London. London? Uh, uh, London calling. I, I can hear you loud and clear, JB. Uh, how are we, Tim? I'm very well, thank you. You are right, Phil? I'm very good. I'm very good, thank you, Tim. You uh, sound like you made a full recovery. JB, you sound, still sound pretty rough. Oh, I have been down in the dungeon all day today doing nothing but sucking lozenges. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Wait. Not the first time there's sucking been going on in the dungeon. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good God. Right, let's play the music <laughs> and get... Lozenges. Lozenges. Oh. Oh. <laughs> right. Hands in. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast where rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm Jay, for once filling in because Tim is down in London and we're not confident on Skype and technology and all those good things. And as usual, I am joined with Phil down here in the dungeon. Hello, Philip. Hello, JB. And once more, hello, Timothy. Hello, JB. Uh, Jay, I'm going to jump in and just uh, give you another brilliant review that we've had on iTunes. Uh, uh, in the last, was it the one calling call, call me a bigot? Because I've actually cut that out and, and framed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that one. I've seen this one from Gertooth, who says, as entertaining as watching Bergamasco play nine. Uh, which oh, is oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, also, some, some tweets in relation to you boys being too hammered to do a podcast on Bank Holiday Monday. Oh, Alistair dear. McKinnon says, and as a punishment, JB should be banned from slagging off the Pro 12 on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take that. I-, I will take a ban from slagging off anything or praising anything or saying anything this podcast, actually. So uh, <laughs> it's good for me, Alistair. <laughs> Luke Cowell as well says that, like kangaroo court fashion, JB should have to pick an all-time best 15 for each Pro 12 team and Phil <laughs> should have no... <laughs> I think I'd get into every one of those teams. Phil should have no stats for a week. Oh, no, don't do it to me, please. <laughs> uh, we've had loads of people getting in touch on Twitter. We're at Rugby Podcast there, and you can find us on iTunes. Leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Um, where should we kick off, boys? Um, actually, actually, I know where to kick off. Are you boys feeling okay? And can you let us into some of what you can let us into that went on on this stag do of our friend of the pod, Bryn Williams? Uh, well, I can tell you this much. Uh, I'm not as good a drinker as I used to be. In fact, I'm <laughs> thoroughly broken. Um, I'm, well, I, I still think I'm not a bad drinker. I just don't recover anywhere near like what I used to. Yeah, it's really quite tragic. I had a bath with um, two of the RGC lads. <laughs> Dreams do happen. All of our Twitter followers uh, have been enjoying that. Uh, in fact, we've got some messages about that one as well, actually. Let me uh, find those tweets. Oh, here we go. Yes. Um, Eddie Stevens uh, on the pick of UJB in the bath with mm. two RGC lads. Um, oh, celebrating Jacques Berger with sausages. Exactly. Exactly. And this one from Rawls says So JB was the one with the three in a bed injunction. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> bed. Sorry, that really um, that really confused me then because in North Wales there is a place called Junction and some lads on the tour <laughs> have come from Junction. So when you said three in the bed from in Junction, I actually thought you meant in, um, never mind, in London, the Junction. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Next big question. How much rugby have you managed to see since you've been back? Much more than last night. Yes, uh, most of it. M- most of it. And certainly oh, well, up, up to date with everything as well. Good work. So, what, should, what? Pick a highlight then, Phil. Uh, Exeter's performance against Wasps was mightily impressive. It was, and all I've just class all over the field. But the Henry Slade, in particular, the way he takes the ball so close up to the defenders before 
passing the ball. It's so rare to for that amount of composure in mm. such a small amount of space. I, I love the guy. Absolutely love him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Slade looks great. The, the whole back line is ticking along very nicely. Um, even players kind of like, like Ian Witten and Phil Dolman, who uh, they're not exactly massive names, but they're performing incredibly well. well the only they? massive name is actually Slade. I mean, and, and Noel. Yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon Noel's a big name now? Oh yeah. Well, he's got more caps than Slade, hasn't he? He has. So. And he's got and he's got more Hair. blonde oh. rot on rat's tails than anyone. <laughs> that is true. Um, what I'd say about um, ex- the extra backline is they seem to just reclaim anyone, and it goes okay. Um, and that sounds like it's been incredibly disrespectful to the players who've done so well there. But short, like I say, Dolman Hill came from the Championship. Slade from the Academy. Um, Woodburn was Woodburn. Yeah, we didn't get a game at Bath. Yeah, uh, I say the... what that that Harry Williams that they got from Jersey. He looks a player, doesn't he? Mm. Oh, the uh, the prop, tight the, the tight head. Yeah. yeah, but they all just. They all just fit fit into the system, regardless of where they where they come from. And then when they do buy a big player, lo and behold, they play like a big um, a big player. So um, like, whatever they're doing down there, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that that was one of my picks for the weekend, uh, alongside the Ulster game that I mentioned um, yesterday on the mini pod. I briefly mentioned it. Uh, what, oh, Trim Trimble put in an almighty hit. Um, Okay, put in a couple actually, but he he he's back to his best. Um, it's yeah. good to see. Can we just go back to X X for a second? Okay, and uh, not so much X, but Wasps. Now they've come through two games against two teams that they at this point in the season would hope to beat. Not only would they hope to beat them, I think they probably think to themselves they've got more chance of beating them this year with the Pietal boys there and George Smith. Yeah, and next year. So although it's an important game for Exeter to win, do you think it is more important that Wasps lost? Um, possibly, but it, it also, in the context of the league, it allowed Exeter to leapfrog Wasps into second place and secure... Well, they've not actually secured that home semi-final, but it's in their hands mm. securing that home semi-final. And it, again, it just means they've got to play Wasps, but, but at Sunday Park. Most likely, most likely, yes. Uh, my highlight of the week was just Jack Berger. Mm, I thought uh, he was sent off. He was sent off really in really nice fashion. The amount of support and love that he got from the rugby community, not just Saracens, but just everywhere in the whole world, was really amazing to see. And and I just think I still there's still a story or some explanation needed to me. Maybe you know better on why now. Well, uh, I'm well. I'm upset you actually asked that, Tim, because that was my next question to you. I was hoping that you might get some inside track from BT Sport or somewhere, but no, n- nothing. I, f- I forgot to ask when I was with everyone from uh, BT Sport on Friday night. But um, well, yeah, from, but there's obviously a reason. From what I've read, um, his body wouldn't allow him to play at the, the highest level anymore. He's, he said himself he's been struggling with injuries for, for a while. He wouldn't be... Uh, fit enough to play in any of the the knockout games, and he wanted one last game on his own terms. So they gave him kind of fifty minutes against Newcastle at home. Interesting. Right. I mean, okay. that sounds almost incredibly disrespectful to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't play rugby anymore, but I can definitely play Newcastle. <laughs> and just to hold on for two or three more games. <laughs> Hey, Andy, Andy Goode came out of retirement in a lot worse shape than Jack Berger's in and managed to play most of the season. So, you know, Jack, we can give Jack that 50 minutes. But just what a guy, what a guy. JB, I think you should try and capture how you feel about him because he's, he's been your favourite player over the years of doing the podcast. Uh, yeah, I think he became comfortably my fa- favourite player. He, he was the sort of player, and oh, still is the kind of player, that he, he doesn't say anything. And what he does say tends to be tremend- tremendously nice. Unfortunately, on the receiving side of his shoulder, it's not so nice. And <laughs> for me, what char- char- um, char- char- characterised him the best was that away performance at Claremont. Um, oh. God knows how, how how many tackles. I think it was th- thirty plus. And he is a shining example of what can be achieved, even though he wasn't the most physically gifted. I mean, we're talking about a fellow that's six two. If you stand next to him, he's no giant. 
But what what he's achieved just through sheer hard work is exceptional. And I think that's that's why I like Jack Berger so much. Did did either of you read the kind of three pictures that he tweeted um just before he played on on the, the Saturday? No. Oh I have read one. I did. Uh did. brilliant really, really touching. I don't I don't think I've read anything that it kinda he says it uh, in his own text, but it kind of makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It it's just puts into words some of the the kind of feeling of when you're playing rugby with your mates, when you're loving it. Mm. It's I thought it was absolutely sensational. Mm. So uh, does anyone know what he's going to do next? Where he's heading? What he's got? He's a fifteen thousand or fifteen hundred acre farm in Namibia, something like that. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, he, tweeted, <laughs> he tweeted a picture of the view from his house that he'll be in uh, later this year. So, That's... all the best, Jack. You're always welcome on the pod. All the best. All the best indeed. Hey, listen, someone else who um, Was been, know... has been partying abroad? No. Oh, partly. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Um, Castro partying abroad. That was a that was a treat, wasn't it? I love it. Like it was. It just how shameless it was. Yeah, I've got to go back and deal with a family matter. Yeah. What was he thinking? Um. And okay. So let's paint paint the picture. He he says he's got to deal with a family matter, right? And being Argentine, it's only an Argentine. Yeah. He jumps on a plane with Zatlan. He. Zlatan, Zlatan, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Right. Do they travel together? That's my first question. <laughs> or do they just meet there? Well, Ibrahimovic would probably have chartered a private private plane, wouldn't well, he? It's not completely inconceivable that they have arranged this because they both play in Paris. Yeah, yeah. So they might even be actual mates rather than just bump into each other. So I need to know this. Uh, I don't know. I'm guessing that Zlatan would have chartered a plane and Castro probably jumped on that plane and that's why he thought there's no danger of anyone seeing him going to Vegas because he, he's on a private plane right so then so then does someone post a picture on one of their Twitter accounts or <laughs> is it a fan posting a it, posting a picture it looks like it's from a, a very long range camera Yes, I agree with that. Although I would defend Castro and no, say no, because they're dancing. They're looking at the lens. No, they're not. No, they're not. They not? They're, looking, they're looking at a a scantily clad woman passing by, and this is why I would defend <laughs> Castro. That's why he's got family issues. It's, yeah, the family issue is he needs to impregnate that woman. Well, now, the real problem here, right, is yeah, he might have got away with this. Because no one's going to like go to Vegas and go, oh look, a butcher, let's take a picture of him. But if he's hanging around with Ibrahimovic, who is one of the most famous sports stars in the world, well then you're going to get busted. <laughs> yes. I mean, he, uh, Castro he could be anyone. Care. He, could he be. doesn't care, his career's obviously coming to an end. He does, he just doesn't care, he's loving life. But it was, it was a European Cup semi-final that he missed. Oh my God, this is... <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> He's got a genuine chance of winning something. He's never won anything with Italy. He's got a genuine chance. He has obviously won stuff with Toulon, but a genuine chance of winning kind of another trophy towards the end of his career. And he messes it up by doing this. I don't even think he's that old, is he? I think he's like 34-ish. Yeah, but he's... For a prop, is relatively young. He had... um, Didn't he have a tumour on his spine last year removed? No idea. I don't think he's been functioning at the same level. Yeah, well, at his absolute peak at Leicester, they picked him ahead of Julian White, I think. I think it was Julian White, because his work rate was so great and it's the only way they could think of combating Gethin Jenkins, who the game before the Cardiff Blues managed to, do six, managed to make 16 tackles in one half, which is <laughs> quite an outstanding work rate. Burger-esque yeah. work rate. Oh, it is Burger-esque. Listen, well, let's go from one charismatic prop to another. Did you listen to the, the the end of the little mini podcast, boys? Uh, I couldn't do it. I mean, not because you told me to do it and I did, it wanted, wanted to be awkward. I couldn't <laughs> listen to it because I knew I prepared so badly. I didn't want to listen to what we put out. So well, no, I didn't. Well, you came. You said something a few weeks ago when we were talking about Alex Corbusiero rapping, and you said you'd love to see one of those <laughs> ad- adverts for like like you used to see on the late night TV when it went into infomercials. The adverts for like you know eighteen discs. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Just, 
Just listen to this. The Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast brings you... Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. The Hip Hop Prop. An Alex Corbiziero anthology. I'm the killer, killer, I'm the ladies. Built like a gorilla, mixed with a favorite chinchilla. An 18 CD collection of some of the greatest hip hop works ever made. Looking at the crowd, girls looking fine. From the voice of a generation. Everybody's staring at my sexy behind. The prop idol. Yeah. Alex Corbiziero. More unpredictable than referees' decisions at scrum time. Hitting harder than a Jacques Berger face tackle. Everybody feel this, I'm about to fucking end it. Sorry, with the real deal, you just pretend it. And tighter than an avian Lewis Roberts rugby jersey. We got Topsy Sarries in the red and black, trying to unleash the wolf pack attack. Saints in the black, green and gold. I'm Here, Corbs drops some shameless product placement. Special, like the Henley Festival. <laughs> Damn, I don't mean to trouble you. Tonight is brought by BMW. The Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast brings you the hip hop prop I'm gonna grab the microphone and start to fly it available nowhere you can't buy this <laughs> now <laughs> I think it should be available now I agree incredible Tim incredible work uh, do you well, know the only I 15 s- we've not I- done is a singing fi- fi- 15 and we probably could do one because you've got one hip hop prop there you've got uh, Andrew Sheridan by the way, how has he escaped ridicule f- uh, uh, from us <laughs> with his acoustic <laughs> album? <laughs> Matt, Matt Stevens as well. Something about props. Yeah, Matt Stevens. God. Uh, there's also D- Danny Cipriani. He did his... Uh, and there's also... I mean, we've got so many lads from the old rug- rugby oaky days. I'm amazed we haven't done a 15. Yeah. Right, well, well, I'll get on that. I'll get on the case with that one. Uh, but let's get back to some of the rugby. Can I, can I talk about my... Um, my reaction to London Irish because I was there working for BT Sport. It wasn't a televised game, but I was, uh, I was basically there in case London Irish went down or managed to, you know, get an unlikely win and uh, get close to. I was basically just there to cover it off and and link into the program, yeah. which I did. Um, and I had to interview Tom Coventry after the game. I asked him some pretty tough questions, and he took. I just wanted to say I thought he he acted like a, a real man he had a right, proper pair of cojones having been relegated um th- I, th- I thought he, he was a, a credit to himself basically he dealt with it brilliantly he fronted up i i, th- I th- he looked like and I, i'm only speculating here he looked like he'd been crying when he came through to the to the room to to get the post-match questions new zealanders looked, don't cry he looked like it but um i i also want to say this i feel really sorry for him and i think that he's going to carry the can and maybe that's the way it, it always is and it should be. However, I think if I was apportioning blame, that I think Bob Casey should should take a bit of responsibility as well um, because Tom Coventry has never been head coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tom Coventry's never coached in England and he was basically handed the keys and told, is all yours. And I think it's easy to say in retrospect, but I think that was quite naive. I don't know of anyone that has gone to a new country and had their first job as a head coach. I know one. Go on. Wayne Smith came over. Uh, sorry, no, you're right. First job as a head coach. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the two, isn't it? It's the combination of the uh, two. That's a good question, actually. I bet I, bet I can name one. Uh, actually, maybe Wayne Smith did went from all-black attack coach to um, to Northampton. But, but I, I bet he'd been a head coach somewhere else before yeah, maybe. attack. I mean, I'm still surprised it, ha- it didn't work out because Coventry came from a very good system and even this year, just look at the Crusaders playing and he was very highly thought of there as their attack coach um, and by Dave Rennie. So it's, it is it is quite a shock, but maybe there is a reason that Northern Hemisphere teams don't play like Southern Hemisphere teams and that's because they're from different different rugby environments. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I I did feel for the guy and um what do you think uh, is going to happen yeah. next have you got any any inside knowledge No no inside knowledge whatsoever um as far as that goes um I 
my, my guess would be that Tom Coventry will move on. He's got two years left on his contract. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him stay. I just wish they'd, they'd sort of said someone like Glenn Delaney, you be the kind of boss. Tom Coventry, you'll come in. You're our man. Next year, it's all yours. But just get used to England. And Glenn, and I don't think, and I think they would have stayed up because they they were good enough to stay up. They just lacked yeah. that those first five weeks when they got pumped trying to play Super Rugby rugby just blew their confidence and they never recovered. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe they just weren't good enough because the teams that have stayed up have been genuinely good. Um, you'd you'd struggle to criticise Worcester, who have had a very good tally for their first season. And uh, Newcastle have had some stunning results. So uh, between the two no. of them... Go from what I've seen, from what I've seen, I think uh, London Irish's pack absolutely dominated Quinns at the weekend. Absolutely pumped them from yeah, minute one. But a lot uh, of teams have just, dominated Quinns. They just can't finish. They just they just can't finish, and that's confidence. It's not skill. Maitland, Lewington, um, they've got some real quality in the backs. Fenby and and Ojo and uh, the the centres Williams. They missed Andy Goode, and if he'd have been playing for London Irish rather than. You know, I mean, I still th- I, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth what he did to London Irish. I think you, I, well, you... I understood that he gave him first refusal. Did he not? I'm not sure what the ins and outs are, but yeah. anyway, I, well, not my sure. understanding of that situation is he phoned them and said, "I am coming back. If you want me, please pay me," which is absolutely fine. Um, I'm, I'm, that's not the story that I've heard. I, I heard he was was retired, and Dean Richards kind of called him up and offered him. Um, a position, a short-term position until... For a lot of cash. Yes. Mm. So I, I'm not... And no pre-season. Yes, and more importantly, no pre-season. And he got uh, 100 bottles of Corona after every game, I believe. Nice. Delivered straight to his and, personal and chin. And they room. let him fly up on game days and he only trained once a week. He flew up for training one uh, one or two... One, uh, one day a week and then flew up for games from Incre- London on a game day. Incredible. That is actually... That's actually a better deal than probably anyone outside of Dan Carter. I'm not even being flippant. Per per minute, per minute of training and games, yeah, it's probably probably not far off. But he almost single-handedly kept them up because they won. They won three or four out of kind of six, seven games when he was playing. Would so, you would you offer him a contract again next year on the same terms? <laughs> There's got to be a year, maybe next year. But maybe not the year after. Next year, definitely. Maybe next year. <laughs> wow. Uh, let, let me mention another fly half that that is at the other end of his career, uh, looking very promising. Sam Davies, Dan Bigger's understudy. Yeah, indeed. What? He's been looking very promising for years now. But again, if Dan Bigger says no, you won't get any, won't get any playing time. Ask James well, Hawk. Ask ask everyone who's ever played with Dan Bigger. Well, but maybe this is the guy. Well, he's Osprey's Player of the Year, and. Morgan James Webb tweeted us an article about Sam Davies being named Osprey's Player of the Year. And get this for a quote. Mm. The article says from the Western Daily Press, is it? Is that the Welsh yep. newspaper? Yeah. It says, um, Sam Davies also won the 2013 IRB Junior Player of the Year oh. after, and wait for it, this is what he had to do to win that award. He won the 2013 IRB Junior Player of the Year after beating off New Zealand's RD Surveyor and England flanker Jack Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite funny when these things happen because um, I'm almost certain James Hawke was also a Junior Player of the Year. And it is even worse for James Hawke because if he wasn't, he was either he either won it or he was like in the shortlist to win it. And it's even worse for him. Because he was an established first teamer when Dan Bigger took his place as a 19-year-old, uh, Dan Bigger also got rid of Morgan. He also got rid of Henson. He's disposed of Priestland. He's a stone-cold killer. You don't mess with him. <laughs> but well, who knows? Sam Davies looks the real deal as well. So Wales have got a good ten coming through anyway. Excellent. Uh, as for the, did you see any of the Welsh rugby in the Pro 12? The, the what, what was the what was this big match called with the 60,000 people? Ju- Judgment Day. Judgment Day. That was it. Yeah. Named yeah. named after one of the Terminator movies, I believe. There we go. Perfect. Very original. Uh, so, um, <laughs> what happened in Judgment Day? And also named after when, when like, God will come back and decide who deserves to live, yeah? Uh, yes, I guess so. I guess yeah. so. Uh, it, I guess that's fingers crossed for a Gavin Henson appearance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened? Who won? Uh, it, does anyone know? Yes. Yeah, of course we know, JB. Oh, right. Why don't you? I have no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, what would be the point in Judgment Day other than to get 
a couple of a couple of thousand people there for a good old shindig for some games that only mean anything for one team, and that's really the Scarlets. Yeah, well, the Scarlets are only really ones who can still make the top four, uh, and even that isn't in their hands. Um, yeah. But the Scarlets did. The Scarlets beat Dragons thirty four twenty, and Ospreys beat the the Blues forty twenty seven. Mm-hmm. In what, just judging by the score lines, looks like two very good games. Yeah, do you know? I do get a feeling that although everything I say by, about the Pro Twelve, I stand by. I do get a feeling that it's about to turn a corner and it will probably be in some time next year because I have actually been slightly impressed by the Welsh teams over the Christmas period and although I've missed this chunk, chunk of games you do get the feeling that they're starting to play a bit better Oh, they are They are. And it, it's almost disappointing and frustrating from an Osprey's point of view that this this season is a World Cup season because last season they made top four they were looking very good and then they lost a load of stars for, for much of the year and I know other teams did as well, mm. but it f- does feel like they kind of you're hoping for them to kick on after their performances last year, and they've well, they've this, not been able to. I mean, this will be the perennial problem with the Pro 12. If you kick and scream about you must have your international players on your terms when you want, stop um, it, Jay. Stop they, it. There's a big there's there's a clear difference between you keep going on about the Aviva Prem is so much better because of no, this that, no, and the other. But no, no. No, but wait, 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 wait. It, it disproportionately affects those clubs yeah, so much more. That's that, And that's my point, Tim. That's exactly my point, which is if you've only got a small amount of teams and they're full of internationals, when you do lose the internationals, it completely rips the heart out of your competition. Well, it's only really you that's having a major moan about that. Well, it's not, ju- it's not just me. I think it'd be every Pro 12 fan who didn't see their team in the last... Um, in the knockout stages of the European Cup. So it, it does... Oh, my whole point about the Pro 12 has always been it probably needs less matches and less dross because then you can take the European... Uh, well, they do take the European Cup seriously, but you can be serious contenders. With, with the Premiership sides, they can lose all their England inter- internationals. It doesn't really hurt them that much because there's so many more um, England internationals spread among 10 teams. It's a huge... Sorry, uh, 12 teams. It, it's a huge difference. Yeah, no, it is a huge difference. I'll tell you what, we'll go from something that you're uh, a little bit of a stuck record on to something that I've been a little bit of a stuck record (laughs) on. And in the Stormers-Waratars game in Super Rugby, there was another one of those, um, like, upper chest high tackles. Okay. It wasn't actually um, above shoulder height. It was, you know, shoulder high tackle. It looked good to me. It looked like a really good, fair, hard hit. And again, it was it was dealt with. I felt harshly, and I think it was just again. It's just I'm just going to keep my eye on it. I'm not going to go on about it. But mission creep. Should I let? Should I let? Should I let World Rugby know that you're keeping your eye on it, Tim? Yeah, you you let them know. All right, then. Have, yeah, come on. I've not I've not seen that specific tackle, but I have seen the red card uh, for taking a man in the air, taking Bernard Foley in the air, and I do think that is a is a fair. It's a fair oh, call. Yeah. Oh, have you got it there, Phil? I I have got it here. Can I have a quick quick look? I do I do like to watch a good red card. <laughs> have you seen this one, Tim? Yeah, yeah, that was fair. I thought it's it's I mean, it's completely accidental. Ooh, completely but accidental. He, he does very much land on his head. Oh, yes. there is there is no denying that he is taken out in the air. I have a lot more sympathy for that than say. Wait, wait watch his landing. Oh. Oh, ow, ouch. He he was okay, fortunately. Yeah, uh, I have a lot more sympathy for that one than I do like with the previous high tackles that we've seen. And the reason being is that one, they're both clearly looking in the air, they're both looking to elevate. But I think what we're trying to, what the authorities are trying to get through to people now is you don't look in the air, you look at where the, where the other man is, you slow down, you make contact in a slow, steady, steady pace. They're looking to kill that aspect of the game. In fact, if you ask me, they're looking to kill competition in the air completely, really. And that'll, well, that'll be that. But no, at least we know. I, th- I think they they won fair competition when both players have the ability to get off the ground because that makes it safe. And th- th- there's no problem with that. The problem is if you're... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you think you've got a chance of being second best and you're unable to get off the ground, you're better taking two, three seconds off waiting for the man who's going to take the ball to land and then yeah. hit, hit him in. Well, I would say it's just... S- savvy teams are dealing with it. Let's, let's not go over it again. We've yeah. been over it so many times. Agreed. Uh, well, with the high tackle one, we're all in agreement. I'm a little bit different from where you are in terms of... I was what wondering what you're going to say then. Tackle, but that's fine. Okay. We'll give you that. Um, uh, right. So I mentioned this on the little mini podcast that you couldn't bring yourself to listen to, JB, because <laughs> you uh, didn't want to hear yourself being so hammered. Um <laughs> But I mentioned that Sonny Bill Williams and, okay. and Dwayne The Rock Johnson have been tweeting each other and The Rock has been saying how much he loves rugby and Sonny Bill's been saying, hey, come come train with us in our sevens team. And it looks like it could well happen that The Rock <laughs> play a bit sevens. Right, OK, so a couple of things on this. First of all, this will never, ever happen. Um, as much as I love The Rock, he is a publicity master and there was no way he'd ever step onto a rugby field. I'm not saying he couldn't play or he wouldn't, he couldn't do it. I just don't believe that he likes it one bit, and that will be that. As for as for Sunny, as for Sunny Bill, I I don't think that they, I don't think between them they could organise this. I, I really don't. Um, and even if they did, I think the Rock would be a terrible, terrible sevens player. Oh, oh sevens probably. Sevens, yes. Not least for the fact that he's uh, is he like 40 as 40, well? 45 and 20 stone. Yeah, it'd be a terrible <laughs> idea. They should get him involved if he really likes rugby. I mean, this is yeah. the thing. If he really likes it, there is a pro league in the States. He could just nip over and watch one rather than wait for the world's greatest team to rock up to his doorstep. Do both. Do both. It would, I'm sure it, you can play 15s. It would be a great publicity, or it already has been a great publicity oh, piece for, for The Rock. I bet he'd pass the ball, do you know, like, do you know the reverse pass <laughs> of someone who's never pa- pa- passed it ever before in his life? Have you ever seen Will Smith taking a penalty, a football, a football penalty? I have, actually. I think it'd be just like that. It is one of the most cringy <laughs> things you can ever watch. Uh, like, <laughs> when you go onto the park and you play left-handed throwing with a cricket ball. Like when... Uh, Diana Ross in the 1994 World <laughs> Cup was supposed to score a penalty and she missed the goal and the goal still <laughs> still exploded. Yeah, this is a bad idea for both parties because Rock love, loves his publicity and he'll... Ne- I mean, if there is a picture of Rock trying to mispass doing one of the awkward hand passes, it, it would go viral, it would look stupid. <laughs> it would look bad. In no way will this ever happen. It's like it's like politicians that they're quite happy to like kick a football or grab a George Osborne grabbing a cricket bat. Yep. None of them none of them want to grab a rugby ball because they know they'll look wow. stupid. Well, it's funny you should say that, Tim, because I would make a better that Boris Johnson would make a better fist out of rugby <laughs> than, than the rock. He he yes. or, he already has done. <laughs> yeah. When he was playing football. Yes. And also the time that he absolutely smashed that Japanese schoolboy. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, one... it, is, it is a question I, uh, I put out on Twitter, boys, and, uh, and we've had loads of response to this. So if the, the Rock probably won't come and play rugby, but what rugby players could go and play, uh, could go and be involved in professional wrestling, WWE? Um, so here's some of the suggestions while you think about it. I'd love to. Go on, All then. Right. Uh, so Rugby Rumble tweeted us to at Rugby Podcast and said, Jacques Berger and Juan Fernandez Lobe would be the best tag team of all time. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> they would be good. Phil Jeffrey, Danny Grucock would scare the crap out of small children, get him in the ring. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah agreed. Keith Halfpenny says Shabal. The fact oh. he looks like he's been lured down from a mountain with a chunk of meat uh, <laughs> bodes well. Yeah, good. Shabal uh, would be a heel. Also says Stuart Hogg because he takes a dive well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fine, makes, okay, fine. Which makes me think that Chris Ashton could be quite good. He's in good shape. 
he'd be one of those quick, athletic, smaller guys, but he can take a punch very well, and he, his yeah. finish would be the ash splash. Well, um, ah, good. Yeah, nice. Well, I've actually got a fifth, uh, a, a fifth, 15 of them, um, and I won't mention them purely for the fact that um, I don't know their names, but I can tell you this, there are currently 15 guys in, in the Welsh League's band for um, WWE uh, supplement use. So they're halfway there anyway. It's not going to be a, you know, a, a huge stretch to suggest that they could make it. Fair enough. Uh, Chris Jane, friend of the pod, said Nick Autorak has the physique of a WWE wrestler and, uh, and says he imagines they have similar supplement regimes as well. <laughs> yeah. Big Will Skelton was suggested. Yeah, he, he would yes, be good. very good. He would be good. Uh, Dara Ruddy says Castro is, is essentially Mick Foley and he's now already on location. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and James Haskell got mentioned a bunch of times. And I, I imagine Hask um, being in cut-off jean shorts. Like, uh, what's his face? Ooh. Oh, what's the guy's name? Um, Jay. Well, I was going to go with, um, oh, uh, what's it? What's the Come wrestler on. he wears, he was the champion and he wears, he wears his jean shorts and trainers and he has the, he has that hip hop track. Is right. The more you say jean shorts, the more I'm, tra- more I'm thinking of um, the ass man. Like, <laughs> You're thinking of tiny little jean shorts that women would wear. No, um, Mr. Ass, he was brilliant. What was it? Maybe that was his name. But the little t- You're thinking of John Cena, Tim. John Cena, ah. yes, he beat the Hask. Could like do a John Cena, I reckon. Um, I've I've got the list of the fifteen lads who were banned by the. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I shan't go there. Yeah, don't do that. Good work. I, uh, I um, used to have a strength and conditioning coach called Mark Henry, who played. Oh, nice. You... Not, yes. Not the Mark Henry, unfortunately. Although he would be a good strength and conditioning coach. He he played a, a Salford Reds rugby league boy. Yes, I I thought I recognised the name. Um, is Mark Henry the actual wrestler still alive? Uh, he, his w- Wikipedia page does not have a death date on it. Well, so that's, well, that's good to know. I would assume so. <laughs> I don't think there's a more dangerous job in the world than WWE wrestler. Oh, God, the average lifespan of a WWE wrestler. But what a life. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we've we've lost some big names in 2016 already, David Bowie, Prince, but I'm glad we can all rest sleep well tonight mark henry's all right we i can't confirm i'm just on wikipedia uh so i wouldn't trust that 100 percent. yeah so um just quickly um current uk uk drug drugs bans by sport rugby union has 22 15 of which come from the welsh lower leagues (laughs) of course wow of course they do wow uh and the next one doesn't say but athletics is number four and wrestling has got two. Football's got one. And well, that's it. Wrestling? Do they drug test wrestling? Uh, maybe it's Olympic wrestling. For the, record, for the record, football don't sign up to the World Anti-Doping Authority. because well, Good, good uh, for them. Potentially because um, they know that a lot of their players would get done for their antics after a game on a night out. Yeah, well, good for them. I think it's wise and it's... Uh, you know, yeah, well, that, that, that <laughs> killed the conversation dead, didn't it? It did. It did. I don't know where to go with that. Well, uh, never mind. Should, Let's not get into that. Shall we go from one union to another? And the Ruby Player Association uh, Player of the Season announcement today. Oh, that was so razor sharp of you to, to <laughs> fill that gap well, Phil. Thank you, razor Tim. Razor sharp. It was razor sharp. Learned from the best. I reckon we should... Um... Oh, I'm cutting out. Can you hear me, gentlemen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, have you got us? Good. Yeah, all right. Let, let's just let's just give a mention to our sponsor who are making the technology that we're using Skype on um, possible to actually make this podcast at all. Yeah, uh, I, I, as I say, every, every week I am truly amazed by the number of people that sign up to um, Cornerstone Razors. But there again, I shouldn't be because I sign up and they're absolutely flipping brilliant. They are superb, aren't they? Yeah. They really are. Uh, I, exactly. That's always my reaction when you say you're always surprised by how many people sign up. It's well, no, it's a it's a meritocracy. This people aren't gonna aren't gonna spend money on something they don't believe in, and it's just that we've introduced people to something which is a brilliant product, and it's Cornerstone's precision engineered blades and razor shaft that you get for free with your first order, 
uh, for which you can get a £10 discount because you listen to us. And thank you very much for that. Uh, if you go to cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers, then you get £10 off your first order. And I think it's an order as little as like four quid or something like that, that you get your free precision engineered shaft. And that shaft in your hand is is perfectly balanced, isn't it, Phil? It certainly is, Tim. It certainly is. Mm. cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or JB what a checkout egg ten at checkout oh beautiful stuff and thank you cornerstone Th- um, yeah get, in- get involved just, just try it see what all the fuss is about see why so many people are signing up um, and you know what if you don't like it you can not do it again but you'll pretty much get a free first order and we think you'll love it yeah, anyway yeah you yeah. will like it we guarantee <laughs> yeah. um, RPA RPA player of the year yes uh, incredible announcement. Um, the five players, have you seen this? Nope, I've seen the long list. So the, the short list for the RP, RPA Player of the Year includes no one from Saracens. What? Uh, despite Saracens being comfortably top of the, the Premiership at the moment, not winning, uh, sorry, not losing a game till after Christmas, winning all of their European Cup games uh, and contributing the most players to the England squad. Can I make a guess? Now, I've not seen this shortlist. I'm going to make a guess. Okay. Is there no Bath players on there? Uh, so unsurprisingly, there are no Bath players on there. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I wonder if it's the, R- the RPA getting their, getting their own back for, for the salary cap, which, which they so vehemently support. <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting. Have a guess at who you think it would be on this list then, JB. Okay. Who, well, I, I mean, obviously I'd go with like... A Todgy or someone like that, um, or Farrell. Well, that's what. That's what I was. I was. I just assumed he'd be on the list. Yes, those two, or just at least one of those two, or bit and Billy Bonapola. Well, the RPA is, or, and and um, Alex Good as well. Yeah, Alex Good's been superb this year. Well, you know, awesome. The RPA, right? From what I understand of the organisation, is the players' body, and it represents primarily the English players in the English league. Is that correct? Um. I don't think it is. I don't, no. I don't think it's for a couple of reasons. One, um, there there are Englishmen on this list, although there's only one man who was born in England on this list. Okay. Uh, but also, I think it just represents everyone who plays in England. Uh, are they all English qualified? Uh, no. There are two who have played internationally for other teams. There are two who are... Well, one is definitely English qualified because he's played for England. One is... Potentially very soon to be English qualified, and one is a. Because I don't think lead. you can be in the RPA if you play abroad. And the reason I say that is because when we had Damien Hopley on the, on the pod, they were making the RPA out to, and rightly so actually, I think it's a great organisation. They were making it out to be like the extra string in the bow um, yeah. for England players staying in this country. Yes, yep. yeah. That does, that, that's a separate thing from saying they don't represent uh, people that play. Abroad, allows him play for I nations abroad as well. They, they represent every everyone the, in English leagues. They are the art. Yeah. They are the rugby professionals playing for Aviva Premiership clubs. Are come under the union of the RPA. Yes, got you. So, so the list: Thomas Waldron, Thomas Waldron. Um, yes. Who? Um, uh, Who's uh, going to recently? Who will US. very, very soon qualify to play for England? Uh, Nathan Hughes. Nathan Hughes. Well, that answers my question then about is... the um, about people playing from abroad. Um, you was really you was really good, by the way, um, at the weekend. You just mentioned him briefly there. His, his little hunchback still disturbs me slightly, <laughs> but uh, it makes him good for like. He's already got a low body position when he's going into contact. Yeah, he's so powerful, isn't he? Cipriani. Uh, no, but there is a fly half on the list. An English fly half. English fly half. Um... Well, it's not going to be Ford, surely. It's not Ford. And come on, Sippers has had a good few weeks, but he's not. He's not like he's. He had a horrible couple of months in the middle. There, Agreed. So. But if there's no Farrell and there's no Ford, where would you go next? And Slade's been injured all year. Yeah. Someone we've already mentioned on. We've already mentioned this person on the podcast. Andy Good. Andy Good. Yeah. Bloody hell. And then the other two, um, it, uh, two more Wasp players. So there's three Wasp players, and it's Piatau, Piatau, and Piatau. Uh, not Piatau and Piatau. It's Piatau. Great law firm. <laughs> Piatau and George Smith. Oh, nice, nice. So I'm, I'm not saying that those players don't deserve because those players have been superb, but it is a little bit surprising to not see a single Saracen on there. 
I think there's a little bit of underhandness going on because there's no way that the four guys that we mentioned do not belong on that list. Yeah. Just uh, George Cruz. You mentioned George Cruz. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, well, okay, well, if, joke, if they're actually. only naming five, who would you put put George Cruz in for? Andy Goode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I hang on. No, no, let's just put George Cruz to one side, okay? Would you put Owen Farrell ahead of Andy Goode? Yes. As much as I love Andy Goode, all joking aside, Owen Farrell has to go on that list. Yes. So I, it, this to me stinks to politics and saying actually... Unless it's voted for by the players, I, I don't. I simply don't know. It it, it might no, have. No, no, hold on, it is the players' player of the year. Oh, there you go then. Yeah. So maybe no politics. Maybe maybe but they're maybe, just. I, I'm still with this politics thing because at the start of the season there was a lot of nonsense about the two clubs breaching the salary cap and how it's cheating everyone else. Ah, uh, maybe. So you think maybe maybe the players have just. Hmm, uh... that's interesting. Although they could just be so fed up of being hammered by Saracens week in, week out, that they don't want to vote for them. Yeah, and there's no way. I mean, look, if Saracens win the league and the European Cup, which they're on target to do, they're going to look very silly for not voting for those, for those players. They will. Uh, that, anyway, anyway, of those five, Andy Gouge, Charles Pietau, George Smith, Nathan Hughes, Thomas Waldron, pick one right now. Uh, Toss-up Hughes or Pietau. Possibly Waldron, just because of his try scoring rate is so so impressive. Um, I think thirteen tries from a from a total of thirteen God. yards. Uh, <laughs> no, he scored some from some distance, but most of them are from uh, the back of that incredibly impressive Exeter rolling mall. He, he, I, I don't want to denigrate what he does. He's 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 outstanding. I go for Charles Piertel. I think it's probably a toss up between Piertel and uh, Smith for me. I think Smith has got even more out of Nathan Hughes because he's so good. Mm. Nathan Hughes, I think, big ball carrier. Love it. Yeah. And, and Andy Goode, do you know how many games he's played this year? Uh, I believe oh, yes. six. Nine. Uh, JB's slightly closer, seven. Seven games. What? Oh. He's making a mockery of a 22-game season RPA player of the Players Player of the Year nominee. Come on! It does a little bit, doesn't it? I wonder how many um, how many of the London Irish players voted for Andy Goode. Yeah, oh. this is getting, this is very peculiar. <laughs> anyway, 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 anyway. Because anyway. yeah, if they were going for sentiment or like just wanting to recognise someone who was leaving, yes, Tim, I, I absolutely agree. Leaving. But anyway. Um, where are we at, gents? We're at next week's games, Tim. Oh yes. Oh no, just very quickly. Can I ask you something like really, really quick? Because we already identified that Henry Slade looked outstanding along with Exeter's backline. Uh-huh. There's, there's. Who do you right? If you were selecting England centres today, who would you pick? Hmm. Farrell. Wow, so you have Tulagi at 13. I st- yeah, I still think Farrell is the the Premier 12. Yeah, I do actually, yeah. I'd be tempted to go with what you might go for, Tim, and have Farrell at 10 with Tulagi and Slade. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I'd That's be- where I'm at. I, the only reason I'm not saying Slade, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually watch him play this weekend. Um, is anyone else who I think of? Else? Uh, I mean, Slade, Slade will put. Like if you can put Tuilagi into a little bit of space or just use his power right at the game line, he could be devastating. And Henry Slade is the man to unlock. How the... about Tuilagi and uh, Joseph? Well, Joseph's form this year in a very poor bath team, but also I don't think for England he ever looked kind of at his most frightening best. I don't know. His, his best game was Wales Six Nations. Uh, Wales in the Six Nations. Yeah, the not the one just gone, the one before that. Yeah, sorry, I'm talking about this year. Yeah, yeah, right, I'm okay. talking this year. Um, his best game was the Italy game, and he was dominated for 60 minutes by Campagnaro, <laughs> and then yeah. just happened to score a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I, I'd I'd be tempted if outside of Slade in th- at 13 to look at Elliot Daly. Yes, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, I'd I probably would go with Elliot Daly over Slade at the moment. Hmm. I just I want Slade in there. I want him in there. But anyway, <laughs> there you go. I just thought I'd canvas opinion now. We'll have plenty more time to talk about this ahead I'm... of the Australia series. Do you not want uh, Ben Teo in there, Tim? Oh yeah, obviously he'll be in there. First, no, I mean, first no choice. Doubt. 
<laughs> I want him in the squad. I want him in the squad as a as an as an alternative as a ball playing uh, thirteen. I like the look of him. Anyway, anyhow, anyhow, yeah, yeah. Next week, next this weekend's games because this. I mean, this is it. Last round of domestic fixtures. Every uh, everything for European qualification and playoffs will be decided. Um, when is the Australia tour party announced? Uh, presumably end of May. Do you reckon end end of May? Yeah. So they usually fly the day after the the Premiership final. Premiership, yeah. So it'll probably be announced before that, and then they can get everyone who's not playing in the Premiership final together for the first week of boot camp. Yeah. Okay, games go. Do you want to do the Pro 12 or the Premiership first? Do the Pro 12 first. Yeah, well, you're quite good at this, Phil, at explaining the different permutations and what what things mean and who could get what. Okay, well, in the Pro 12, let me get it up. I'm imagining you, because cause I'm not in the room with you right now, I'm imagining you like, you know, Jon Snow with his swingometer. I'm imagining you with some big graphics behind <laughs> you to explain this. No Game of spo- uh, Thrones spoilers, please, yeah. Tim. I tell you uh, what... John... Oh, no, that, that was Jon Snow, the Channel 4 news feeder guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. I was, you sounded really genuine then, Phil. Jon Snow must be, must be devastated that he was comfortably the best-known Jon Snow until very recently. <laughs> until the last few years. No, hang the... on. There's Jon Snow, isn't there? There's Dan Snow, who is the other guy. But that's Snow's not Jon Snow. No, it's not. Have I got that wrong? Because there's another Snow who used to do Tomorrow's World. And that's Dan, and that's Dan Snow's dad. Oh right, okay. So there's John. Dan Snow's like a was a rower in the boat race for Oxford, I think, and then he's now like travel type reporter. I don't know what he does now, but anyway, we we'll get back to you. Yes, Any, anyway, anyway, uh, Pro Twelve. There's only Scarlets currently outside the top four who can make it. Uh, they can catch Ulster. If Scarlets beat Munster away, and if Ulster lose to Ospreys away, um, mm. and Ospreys can potentially make top six, uh, although it's not top six, is it? Because it's the 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 next best losers. Um, so I don't think it actually matters to Ospreys at all. But the other games. Um, Connacht host Glasgow which is very interesting because Connacht uh, were leapfrogged by Glasgow into first place because of their horrendous loss away at Treviso Um, so it's potentially not in their hands because if Glasgow beat them and Leinster win then Connacht could slip out of uh, the home semi-final oh that would be devastating It it would be devastating to lose it by losing away Treviso uh, and the other game that matters Leinster host Treviso so I think I think we can fa- fairly safely say that they will pick up the points um, so for me the most important thing is that Ulster win away at Ospreys in order to to just secure um, secure top four yeah, and Ospreys got nothing to play with no European qualifications uh, no I don't think they can I don't think they so can. only Scarlets can be in Europe next year for Wales. For Wales, because you've got Glasgow, Connor, Leinster, Ulster, uh, Scarlets. What a disaster. And then, oh, and a then disaster. Treviso. Well, at least they've got 60,000 to a game. Um, so <laughs> what have we got for the Premiership then? Well, the prim- Premiership... That means even less, does it not? It... Oh, JB, you loved it. Um, so a couple of things. One... I spoke to the, the I worked to, for BT Sport at Sale Sharks. Their loss at Gloucester uh, to Gloucester. Yep. And their home record uh, in the league going. Oh, can you imagine? Last game, of, last home game of the season. What a way to lose You'll it. You'll need a bigger pack. Well, we've got one, so uh, <laughs> looks well, like we'll be using that. So I got the Steve Diamond um, death stare post game. Did he you? Wasn't, it wasn't a happy bunny. So um, <laughs> he didn't enjoy. Well, you know, he 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 he's just Steve Diamond. He's great, great value. Um, but yeah, it was. I'll let you in on basically what happened. So I asked Steve Diamond some questions and in the post-match interview, and then uh, in my ear, I have a little earpiece in, and the producer he'll sometimes talk to me and say, right, um, like last last question now, Tim. You know, because he's keeping an eye on the time yeah, and yeah. how other programs work and everything. And when the Steve Diamond interview finished, 
all I heard was <laughs> it was uh, it was good, but it, it, I, enjoy, I enjoyed the experience. But Steve Diamond, uh, after a defeat, which he hasn't tasted at the AJ Bell Stadium for over a year, no, he no, really hasn't. Happy and and they they sh- they should have won. Really, Sale they they blew it. Um. So, what did Steve Diamond actually say, or was it his usual kind of nom nom nom, and then death stare, very short answer? Yeah, we lost. Yeah, no, yeah. No, that was it. Was, yeah, it was a very short answer. So the. I think the last question I asked was, so then Newcastle away, still, you must still be hoping that uh, there might be some twists and turns. You you still feeling good about top six still, and he just went, yeah, you'd hope so, and what? And then that was it. (laughs) Amazing, amazing man. It it, it was good. Oh, but the and the other thing that um, I, I the media guy at Sale said, I'll tell JB that whenever he wants an introduction with Dimes. It's on because apparently when you were uh, when you were at the AJ Bell Stadium before you were like can can you introduce me can you, can you, can you let me meet Dimes yeah please yeah definitely definitely <laughs> yes we'll sort that out immediately afterwards uh, but they they can still and I fancy they might still qualify I think you might be right Tim so uh, Sale currently in seventh place one point behind Harlequins Sale. Uh, travel to Newcastle, Harlequins host Exeter. Ah, ah. Uh, so Exeter wanting that second spot. Yes, and Harlequins so wanting the sixth back. spot. I guess Harlequins do want the sixth spot, but Exeter, Exeter basically need to win uh, in order to get that that second spot because Wasps, who are two points behind them, host London Irish. So you'd imagine Wasps are going to pick up five points there. Uh, so Exeter really need a four-point win. Uh, and I would back Exeter to do that against Quinn. So I think it is open for sale to, to secure top six. Mm, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, the rest of the top four is all sewn up um, in the Premiership. Saracens are confirmed winners with a home semi-final. Exeter currently second. It's in their hands to get home semi-final. Then Wasps and Leicester follow them up. Northampton are fifth, but only two points ahead of Sale. Um, and Northampton travel to Gloucester, um, who are five points behind Sale in seventh place, so Gloucester can't get anything out of that. Gloucester have had nothing to play for, it feels like, since well, February. Well, I think, they'll, I think they'll have a crack for pure pride and not wanting to lose, because the way that they lost at home to was the Welsh team, was it Dragons they lost to at King's Home in Europe? Oh, yes. A real, I mean, that was a horrible, horrible defeat. Um, and the, they will not have been happy about that. But, um, so last game at King's Home, and they're a very, very proud lot there. So they'll want to win for pride. But also, don't forget, if Harlequins win the Challenge Cup, seventh place in the Aviva Premiership gets Champions Cup. Ah. Because this year, the Challenge Cup winners go into the Champions Cup. Got you. So it does actually matter. Very so, clever. So it's probably still unlikely because points difference, number of wins, blah, blah, blah. Sale are still better off. But yeah. should, should Sale lose by more than seven points, not pick up anything, yeah. then Gloucester could potentially... It's very unlikely, but it's uh, not impossible. Yeah, it's not impossible because if they get a five-point win, it they would be on the same points and then it goes down to wins, I think, which they would have more of. So it's, it isn't impossible, but it is unlikely, like you say. Excellent. Right, well... I think we should leave it there, gents. Good idea. It's now uh, 12 minutes past midnight on... Is it Tuesday today? I've seen Tuesday, some... It's now Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, sorry. Now Wednesday. Yes. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. All right. So, whenever you're listening to this, thank you very much for listening. Find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, where you can react to anything you've heard. Leave a, leave a review on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes and Acast. And whether we're drunk or whether we're sober, we will always make sure the podcast gets delivered straight to you. Indeed, you will. Right, see you later, Tim. Nice one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm signing out from London Town in a bit. Cheers, Tim. Bye. Bye.